0: Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Jr.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. We are into NFL Draft Week. Recording this a little bit earlier than normal. Recording this on Monday. it will drop on Tuesday. It is episode one nine seven. As we get closer and closer to that episode two hundred, which will be coming up on the sixth of May. So it's uh, it's going pretty pretty rapidly approaching. Sean, we mentioned on a couple of shows here that we do have a contest coming up. All you have to do is drop a written review on your favorite podcast app and then that gives you a chance to win. We're giving away three rotaviz.com subscriptions, two one-month subscription, one three-month subscription, and that three-month subscription winner also will get an appearance on an upcoming Rotoviz podcast. So fun times. We're seeing those reviews come in uh, thick and fast on all the different podcast players, but we will be referencing a few of the best on this coming Thursday show. But it is draft week, Sean, as I mentioned. Draft coming up on Thursday night, and it's going to be pretty uh pretty anticipated and some interesting moves that are going to happen but uh, very exciting i'm sure for these prospects and uh, i know for uh, fans of all the teams it's always that time where th- there's great hope in the nfl that you can you can find that next great player
2: that's right this is the most exciting week in the nfl outside of super bowl week or i guess for individual fans whatever week your team is eliminated from the playoffs is <laughs> the biggest week even if it's in a in a sad fashion. Draft is coming up. Very excited about that. Volume 2 of the Road of His Rookie Guide is out. Uh, Colin, I think that we should also add two editions of the Rookie Guide to the contest. So in addition to the three subs, we'll give out two guides. Volume 3 will come out after the NFL draft here. Get some new rankings, some new mocks. And yeah, this has just been an absolute blast. I've been really enjoying the last week drafting in the Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty format uh, with my good friend and writer on the website Monty Fawn. It's been just so fun discussing the different potential moves, the potential trades uh, with him. We'll get. Into that a little bit at the end of the show and then we're gonna have dave Cabin on for the show on thursday which is always fun dave's written uh, a bunch of great articles some stuff for the guy some stuff for the site we'll get his opinion on some of these depth running backs the draft will be going on at about the same time but uh we think that the running backs probably are going to mostly go friday saturday you'll be able to tell which players are the guys you really want your team to grab and then which ones you should obviously be grabbing in your dynasty leagues and your rookie mocks and so not mocks but straight rookie drafts we're going to talk about some mocks we're going to talk about some drafts going on here and column we've got an interesting way to look at rookie adp when we have these rotoviz triflex leagues we have a format that is very very similar to what drafters are using as sort of the default format across The sort of dynasty universe at this point. So it gives you a very true ADP. And when we're looking at where rookies are going in startups, that gives us some insight into where they're probably going to go in rookie drafts as well. And I thought a a fun little exercise to start the show today would be to compare the rookie mock from volume two of the guide with rookie ADP within startups. And so we look at it as, you know, what are the first 12 guys coming off in startups? What are the round two guys coming off in the startups? I did an article on this last week, and we can compare these players here, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, I think probably not a big surprise in that round one has a lot of similarities. Not the exact order, but the same 12 guys come off the board in our mock as are coming off the board in startups. And yet then in round two, we have some pretty large differences. So jumping right into it here, Colin, we have number one off the board is Trevor Lawrence. That I don't think is a surprise. He is a very coveted asset, a very coveted player for superflex leagues, considered to be a generational prospect. He has comps like Andrew Luck when you pull him up in the road of his box score scout. He comes off the board well above the rest of the guys. He's going to be the 101 in most leagues, unless that person just simply doesn't need a quarterback and isn't able to trade down. When it gets to the second pick, here's where we start to have uh, not exactly some controversy, but some difficult choices. When you look at uh, startup ADP, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, and Najee Harris are all coming off the board in a five-pick stretch in round three. So four of those five guys uh, toward the middle beginning of round three, there are rookies. We have them Fields, Chase, Pitts in Startup ADP. It's Chase, Fields, Pitts, Harris. So uh, we're higher on ETN. The startup drafters are higher on Harris, although ETN does come in right after that. Uh, Colin, what do you think about this stretch of guys here? Obviously, to have these guys coming off early in round three tells us that if you have a pick in the first half of your rookie draft, you're going to be getting a very good player.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of talent um at a at a vast number you know of the positions. If we're looking I think well tight ends a little bit top top heavy, but if we're looking at the running backs, I think they're top heavy as well. We look at the quarterbacks, there's a little bit of depth. And then when we look at um, wide receivers I think we're going to be pretty spoilt there at the, the wide receiver position and um, I think that the interesting thing Sean that's really going to be you know the true test is when we see draft position over the next uh, week or so uh, there could be quite a bit of shuffling here depending on landing spot so you know there, there, there's some guys going a little bit later even at the you know if we're looking at superflex formats um, or the triflex format you know mac Jones um if he goes to the 49ers does that shake up dramatically you know h- how does that all shuffle around there's there's a number of quarterbacks i think could move i think you know we're talking and i'm very strong on it you know trevor lawrence is you mentioned a generational talent uh one of the the biggest prospects coming out certainly since andrew luck but when we look in at justin fields i think he should be that guy that you know is, is the number two but let's see how things play out there, there could be a little bit of shuffling here i remember back to this time last year um and look it, it's proven to to be pretty correct in terms of what we thought of Jonathan Taylor and then how the draft played out, um, you know the, the Chiefs um, and their draft pick situation, I think we, we could see some shuffling here as well. But I think we see a pretty true reflection unless we get perfect landing spots. I think these guys are, are pretty much in the, the correct order of what we're going to see uh, come those rookie drafts. And you mentioned the drafts. Uh, I got a few emails this week. Uh, you know, at the start of the week, it kind of almost caught me off guard. You know, Those uh, rookie drafts kicking off, Uh, early next week so um it's uh, you mentioned earlier the excitement for just the draft in general but when we get into those rookie drafts it it does have a quick turnaround it's always always a lot of fun jumping into those in terms of you mentioned the the players in that first round uh, same players just slightly different order is there any players that you're overly surprised about based on how those triflex adps are are shaping up versus how how the draft went with you and the guys doing the, the mock for volume two of the draft guide
2: No, I I think that these results are exactly what we would expect. And one of the reasons to kind of keep track of this, be aware of this, you know, have a show where we talk a little bit about it today is for the exact reason that you mentioned, which is that sometimes it's a big trap to look too much at what happens in the NFL draft itself. I know that last year I was doing a live mock of what I thought that rookie ADP was going to be as the NFL draft was happening. So basically, Based on what was happening in the NFL draft, this is where I thought rookie mocks were going to look like. And I had Jonathan Taylor 1, Joe Burrow 2, and Clyde Edwards Alaire 3. I was really surprised that people were so excited about Edwards Alaire to the Chiefs that many people were moving him to 1. I, I didn't think that was going to happen until we actually got quite a bit of ADP showing that, yes, people are taking him first. And, you know, it's easy to pick one of these out where, um, you know, I was probably right in that we should have had Taylor and Burrow in the first couple slots still. They do have much higher startup ADPs right now than Edwards alaire does. It could have worked out differently. He could have stayed healthier. The Chiefs offense could have been a little bit different in terms of the way that it was constructed. But we want to make sure that we're not jumping guys too far based on where they land. The talent that a running back or a wide receiver or a quarterback brings to the table is still one of the key things that you are looking for here. I think that the interesting question is going to be, and you brought up Justin Fields. He goes much earlier still than Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones in startup ADP. And I think that that's right, but it'll be interesting to track where the quarterbacks do go once we have the landing places locked in. Now, Wilson, the assumption that he is going to go to the Jets there, that's not enough to... Uh, pull him up above fields it's not enough to pull him up above lance actually in terms of where people are currently going the real wild cards are going to be fields lance and jones uh, depending on where those guys go the player who goes to the 49ers i think people are, are very interested in that and then we're going to see a little bit of shifting and those quarterbacks are going to continue to be sort of the key pieces in super flex leagues with how important that they are the other I think position where we could see some changes would be at running back there. Javante Williams is the 108 in triflex. He fell to the 112 in our mock. I think it's hard to put him above prospects like Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell, before we find out where he goes. And that's why he falls a little bit more in ours. But if he's in the right spot, and some people have him even above the two stars there, and there are some reasons for that, Right. When you have the big season that he just had, the very balanced season that he just had, he's younger than the other two guys who, uh, for whatever reason, decided to stay for four years. Those are red flags that we tend to ignore because we believe they could have come out the previous.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: season uh, but they decided to stay they had very big seasons especially Harris we want to make sure that we're really looking at them more at what they did in their first three years so we have a little bit more of an apples to apples comparison and because we know uh, historically that those first three years give a little bit better window than what a potential first round prospect can do when he's a senior in college right we would expect those guys to absolutely destroy college football players at that point. So I think those running backs could also be very interesting based on where they land.
3: Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com/slash rotoviz now. without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment.
1: So, Sean, jumping into uh, the round two and how things start to shake up, it, it really does uh, move around a, a little bit more here in terms of where players are going and which players are involved. Um, obviously, a lot of wide receivers going off the board in round two, as, as we expect from the road of his guide, pretty much all wide receivers, eight wide receivers, two running backs, two tight ends uh, going off in that second round. Um, Slightly different than when it comes to uh, the overall ADP. Um, What were some of the things that really stood out for you here in round two, and um, what are some of the the real values that are standing out here at current ADPs?
2: Well, I think the value at wide receiver really stands out, and if you stockpiled round two picks in a super flex last year, then that really paid off for you in terms of some of the players that you got, like Higgins, Ayuk, uh, Chenault, You know, players available even later, like a Chase Claypool. One of the things that Monty and I have been talking about a lot in our draft is just how much value these R two picks do have in Superflex, where the quarterbacks push them down. Now, not all drafts are going to be as loaded as last year's as this year's. You know, there's some concern about the 2022 draft being as loaded and as deep. I think that this was kind of a a weird college football season. I assume that next year, as we play it out a little bit more, normally we're going to have some guys rise to the top. The draft will be filled out a little bit more. But I really like to look at these, especially first half of round two picks in Superflex, because those picks end up being very valuable. We talk a lot about wide receivers and how they maintain their value better. And so you look at the first six picks in our mock and you have Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, De'Ami Brown, and Tylan Wallace. All of those guys look like they're going to go fairly early in the reality draft. You know, you may be getting a first round wide receiver in the second round of your rookie draft. That's fantastic value, both in terms of what it means for the quality of those players and what it means for how you'll be able to build the depth of your roster. When you compare that, To some of the guys going in actual drafts where you have Kenneth Gainwell, you have Trey Sermon, you have Michael Carter, uh, someone that I've been drafting a lot in terms of Hubbard. I do like him there, even though there's a risk that he'll fall extremely deep into the reality draft. And so you're very nervous once you've actually already loaded up on someone like that. It's not that those aren't good players. We do know that running back is devalued to an extent. the reality draft and so we don't necessarily look at it as a one-to-one in terms of a wide receiver versus a running back but it is a reminder that if wide receivers hold their value better than running backs and you can actually get a, a player who's drafted earlier in the reality draft than a player at a different position, say a running back, that's actually not as valuable in terms of the long term for Dynasty, then it's kind of a twofer, right? You have safety in two ways. You're drafting the position that's more valuable, and you're drafting the player that has more upside. Okay, so when we're looking at how we want to construct either our startup drafts or our rookie drafts, that's something to keep in mind, and that's one of the reasons why our Rotoviz mock is a little bit more wide receiver heavy. It's also a little bit different. One of the things that I really like about the guide is that we do three different mocks. And the one that I pulled up here is the one that is the same format, obviously, as the ADP we're talking about. So we are you know, we are comparing the same thing to the same thing. We do have two other mocks in the volume. And they're both a little bit more running back heavy. So that gives you a sense too, of, especially once you get into round two, crazy things can happen. You don't know exactly where these guys are going to go. The running backs do go earlier in those other two mocks. And so I think that you're going to get guys going in different spots in these different drafts in round two, but be looking for those wide receivers. You're going to get a lot of value even deep into those drafts. And Seth Williams, somebody who is well into sort of a third round value in terms of startup ADP, he sneaks into the end of round two here in our draft. I think he's someone to really keep an eye on this weekend if he goes in the first you know 75 to 100 picks he's someone you're going to want in all of your leagues
1: yeah it was curtis picking him up and uh, and that one for the the rookie draft um but it's going to be interesting john some of the just numbers um in terms of the draft guide and um, for the listeners uh, wide receivers 11 through those two rounds is uh, how that draft played out five running backs, five quarterbacks and three tight ends. So the five quarterbacks all going in, in round one and then the rest of those positions split uh, across the two rounds. There's there's obviously some interest I mentioned in the, the kind of top heavy nature of the tight end position. I'm interested, Sean, in your thoughts. Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitt's Uh, We've all talked about Kyle Pitts and and how we expect him to to progress to the NFL. A lot of excitement around him. But uh, you drafted in this uh, Pat Fairmuth and then the other one's Brevin Jordan. We did the draft series um, uh, last week and it's still up on Road of His Radio. If you haven't tuned in and checked it out, I would recommend to do that. I was joined by Travis May and John Daigle uh, to talk through the prospects basically position by position but you drafted uh, fairmuth and then Travis drafted Brevin Jordan and he was somebody you also talked about on that series I think that although like they're probably not right at that top end of talent i think they're probably been undervalued a little bit based on the expectation heading into this versus what we've seen of some tight ends coming out of college over the last couple of years and where they might have been plotted in here in terms of rookie drafts do you think that the, there could be a little bit of value there in those two guys it really for me does tail off quite dramatically after that so if you're looking for tight end this year i think uh, you need to be getting one of those three guys to try and to try and fill those spots
2: yeah and you hear people say all the time that these late second round picks or certainly third round picks don't have a lot of value you know you can spend them pretty freely as you're doing a startup if you're trying to move up if you're trying to trade for a veteran in season you know you can kind of throw those around willy-nilly don't worry about them too much the hit rate is very low We want to be aware of the fact that the hit rate is not what... I mean, all of these prospects are not going to hit, right? At the same time, I do think that you want to be stockpiling these lesser picks that are a lot easier to get than round ones, right? To get a round one, you have to spend something very, very important to your roster. Not necessarily the case for the other picks. And we want to look at tactics within the drafts and how we can make those lesser picks really pay off. And one way we can do that is by drafting tight ends late stashing them waiting on them people know that they're not going to give quite the same immediate impact and so they're less excited about jumping on them and rookie drafts can create some great values you mentioned Freimuth and Jordan uh the former there a little bit older than we would like doesn't necessarily have all the testing there are some questions with that but someone who did come out and even though he was an old freshman started producing right away, scored a lot of touchdowns. He is a well-rounded tight end, which will appeal to the NFL teams. You know, you hear a lot when we talk about tight ends for fantasy, is like, don't worry about the snap count, just look at the routes run. I do like to have these guys with the good snap counts because then they are on the field for the passing plays as well. These guys who are only passing down uh, tight ends, you know, you have to really make sure that they're actually getting in on some of those plays. We've seen with teams uh, who... Are mixing and matching a little bit that someone like an Irv Smith not getting nearly the snaps and then not nearly the routes and nearly the targets that we would like to see if he were the guy now I mean he's that's not really his role right so it's not something we would expect with him but if you can get one of these three down tight ends I think that that gives you a little bit more of that Gronkowski upside and floor when we're looking at the floor there Jordan someone who has a little bit of the opposite kind of situation a young guy a productive guy maybe wasn't Uh, quite as dynamic in the athletic testing as we had hoped may fall a little bit in both reality and fantasy as a result of that but Travis has been very very high on him and I really like to look at Travis's analysis for some of these depth Players and at a position that maybe isn't quite as exciting. If you can grab Jordan late, then again, I mean, you're using a pick that's not that valuable to you in a way that could become very important when you put together these tight end premium teams. Because we know that once the season actually starts, people are looking around their tight ends and are like, "Well, what do I do? I'm just not getting any scoring from this position." You try and make an in-season trade for a high scoring tight end you're going to have to pay a ton which isn't what you want to do you know stash these guys let them develop not all of them are going to hit but if you stash you know two three of them then you start to improve your chances
1: just want to know sean do you want to die we go into the monte part now or do you want to talk a little bit more about this part
2: uh, we can go into the Monty part now
1: that's perfect so sean you we've obviously gone through the the opening two rounds there but the other um, part that we were tying that into was the triflex adp and you know we've mentioned on a couple of shows the Triflex leagues have been uh, very very popular over what the FFPC teaming up with Rotoviz, is and um, you know pretty pretty interesting so far to see how things are playing out we did talk about it on the last couple of shows just in terms of how it varied a little bit from Superflex in terms of the ADP and some of the changes there but um, it's, it's been a, a really interesting format to watch I haven't got to jump into one of the leagues yet but I am uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty pretty ready to get in now I think uh, over the next week or two uh, get one of of those set up and I'm always trying to reduce the number of dynasty leagues I'm in but I think we're going to, have to, we're going to have to take the leap here and jump straight in. But you're, you're drafting, obviously, at the moment in that league with Monty Fan. And anytime we talk about Monty, obviously, we talk a lot about his best ball content um, and, and what he does there. One of the best in the, the industry in terms of uh, the best ball results and things that he can pull up um, on that there. When we look through this league in particular, Sean, is there anything that you want to highlight based on uh, some of those opening rounds? I know we do see some of these rookies then sprinkled in as well throughout.
2: Well, this has been so much fun. We'll have to do an official uh, Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty League for uh, the podcast. Uh, it- it's been an absolute blast. I-
1: Sean, Sean already figuring out what uh, we have to talk about after the podcast. But uh-
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it, you know, we we discussed our trade down last week. We also had a big trade discussion on the pod. We'll probably have some more of those because Mati and I have been involved in a huge number of trades. Uh, In this particular format, we drafted Kyle Pitts early in round two. We weren't able to trade down. We took him at the 210, but then did eventually trade him for a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. It, It all depends on your board and the areas that you think are strongest in players and what you're trying to build for the long term. But one of the things that I love about this format and we're going to write about on the site in some detail is this idea of the double value, right? So when we're going into these drafts and we have our own boards, and we can compare our board to ADP, we obviously want to be drafting the players that we like above ADP, right? So that's not necessarily a difficult element of it. When you grade your draft at the end of the draft, you should be giving yourself an A, right? Because you should be drafting guys that you had ranked higher than what they cost. So that part is, is somewhat straightforward. One of the things that I do like is that if you find a format where your board and ADP is actually pretty far off, play that format. Because even if you end up being wrong, you were getting values that are values to you, which is at least the first thing that we're going after. To get a double value and to make sure that it's not just our, our own ideas and our own picks, we know from all kinds of psychological studies, everybody thinks that they're better than average at basically all activities. And that's probably not the case in reality. Not everybody can be better than average at everything. We all think that we're better at picking players than the next person. Uh, Some people probably are, you know, have very good results in their leagues. Some people probably still need to develop a little bit. But one of the things you can do, whether you're a great player selector or you're still in progress, is to try and get players below ADP. So one of the things that we've been trying to do here is not only get guys that we have ranked a lot higher than wherever the spot in the draft is, but we're also trying to get them below where they go in normal drafts. That way we can get a double value from it. We have a lot of safety, we have a lot of upside. And then the other thing that you can do in order to guarantee that, because not every time that you're on the board, you know, are there going to be these double values for you, but you can trade down. And Monty and I have made a huge number of trades. We've also had a lot of picks. We talked about this in relationship to the draft that I was doing with Sam Wallace. And it is something that I'm trying to do in all formats, which is to try and accumulate future picks, but at the same time draft a lot in the high leverage or the high value rounds. It comes down then to what you think is a high-value round. In this format, we ended up only having two picks in the first five rounds. I think most people would say, well, that's where the superstars are concentrated. And and that's true to an extent. The good news is we drafted 13 times in the first 10 rounds. And in addition to that, we now have three first-round picks, five second-round picks, and five third-round picks for next year's draft. So we've also built in some safety and some upside in terms of the future as well and i just if you haven't been reading monty's draft diary i I really do want to give a, a fun plug for it here he's so good at this stuff he talks about where we were in round three and he says by the time sean and i connected to make our pick at 312 i just started making our family's dinner we then got an offer for the pick which was fine with us because our most wanted targets had just gone off the board we didn't like the initial offer, but Sean handled the counter offers. As I made dinner, my phone kept alerting me to new trade emails. Ding, ding. I let Sean know we'd be eating, but I'd be fine with however he wanted to handle the negotiations. Ding, ding, ding. During dinner, I had to silence my phone, which wouldn't shut up. Instead, I got buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> Sean and the other owner exchanged 16 offers and counter offers over the course of nearly 90 minutes before settling on a final deal that I trusted was fair because it gave me a headache trying to decipher it. <laughs> and so then he, he has the trade in here. And we gave up the 312, the 503, the 1010, the 1103, and the 1410. And we got back the 510, the 710, the 1003, the 1110, the 1403, and then a first, second, and third round pick. So, obviously, the, the main elements of that trade is we moved back from the third round to the fifth round, and from the fifth round to the seventh round, moved up a little bit later but got a first, second, and third round pick as a result. Now, we do lose some value, obviously, in moving down, and that's why it was a fair trade. You know, you're looking to do fair trades here. What you're wanting to do in these drafts is not to exploit the other owner, but to move yourself into a part of the board where you can get a double value for yourself, right? You don't want to draft guys who maybe you have a value at that point, but nobody else is seeing it that way. You can move back and perhaps get the same guy. One of the things that we liked about the start of our draft is that we took T. Higgins late in round four. We took Brandon Ayuk late in round five. I've got those guys, and I think Monty as well. I have those guys as values at the end of the second and the beginning of the third. So you can only draft so many players in these rounds anyway, unless someone is willing to give you a lot for your future round one. And so if there are specific guys that you have ranked really early, but you can get them later, move down, move down. Right. Not every draft is that going to be possible. We're going to have Dave on on Thursday. He's going to talk about you know their uh, best ball dynasty startup draft. And Dave was telling me it was a lot harder to move down in that one. But you want to explore your individual le- league, try and get some of these values when they pop up
1: yeah and you, that story uh i really enjoyed that part uh, i have um obviously the article up in front of me i have also retweeted it uh just during the show while we've been talking sean did give it a, a very good plug there if you want to check out at overtime ireland on twitter you'll be able to find that article as well just retweeted it on monday for those listening a couple of days later the other part sean that i wanted to mention and it was uh and, and this is where i find myself sometimes in drafts uh Monty paraphrased the conversation to say Sean said, what do you think about taking that latest offer? And then Monte has replied, you know, at some point we have to make actual picks. So it, it can be hard to, to get that balance, but um, a lot of good movement, a lot of good strategy in this draft and i would highly recommend going and checking it out a uh, great piece by monte lots of good information in it and you can go and check it out of course over on the road of his site speaking of the road of his site you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a ro- one-year road of subscription all you have to do is add the code rvradio radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information we obviously are in draft week we have mentioned the contest on a number of occasions open until episode 200 All you have to do is drop a written review on your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate each and every one of those ratings. And we will be discussing some of them on the upcoming shows here. Some funny stories in them. Really do appreciate the feedback we've been getting on the shows. If you have something you want to share in terms of a topic for a show, I do get them through the email system and also through twitter you can send them my way at overtime ireland or you can send them to rotovizradio at gmail.com we'll try and implement them on some of the upcoming shows here um on rotoviz overtime so closing in on 200 episodes as sean even mentioned giving away two draft guides as well to to that winning core so uh let's uh let's get that on board as well. No reasons now not to be dropping those five-star reviews on your favourite podcast app. But with that, we'll be back with another show on Thursday. It'll be coming out early Thursday, so you'll have time to listen to it before the draft. We'll be joined by Dave Caban. Really looking forward to that one. So with that said and done, I guess all that's left to say is my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another episode on Thursday, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.